Amen. And I just really sense the presence of God here in such a strong way tonight. And um, just sense that there are some of us in this room that um, maybe we're just a little bit too attached to the world. And when we go enough time without the presence of God in our lives, the world just attaches itself to us. And our hearts can grow cold really fast. And it almost is like, you know, when you have hot food in front of you and, and it's a fresh, hot meal for you, but if you just stay away from it, you don't, you don't partake of it and you just leave it set aside, it grows cold really, really fast. And I think our hearts are that way. And I've, I just sense that God really wants to do something special in us tonight. And if our hearts have grown cold or if they've become hardened, just like a heart of stone, God can break that. God can break our hearts, and he can do a new thing. And uh, I, I, I want to just pray one more time because I believe that, that God wants to do something in you tonight. And let's, let's pray not just for a, a message from Kevin, but let's pray for a word from the Lord. And let's ask God to do a new thing in our hearts. And if that's you, I just want you to just kind of inwardly respond and, and ask God to break your heart and ask God to refresh you because he can do that. Let's pray. Father, we come to you once again. And Lord, I thank you that when we have hearts of stone, you can break that. And when our hearts have grown cold, you can fire us up again. And we need your presence, Lord. We need it so badly. Without you, we are nothing. We can do nothing. We need you. Like a, a branch that is connected to the vine, we can't be disconnected or we will wither. We will become dried out so fast. We need to connect with you. And, and if, if, if those of us who have been disconnected, God, let us connect with you tonight. Let us come boldly into your presence tonight and say, God, I need you. I've been away, but I'm coming back. I need you more than I ever have. I need you. Have your way tonight. Speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's, uh, it's really good to be with you. I missed you last week. I was in Oklahoma. Um, I, my grandmother's funeral. I uh, was able, I officiated the funeral. And um, it, was a, it was a special event. Um, grandma, my grandmother was a believer, so I know she is in heaven, and um, we've been in this series, The Year of Wisdom, and I felt like God gave me a little bit of wisdom on Christmas Eve, actually. I was in Oklahoma, and my whole family was going to church, Christmas Eve service, and I just felt kind of led to spend the afternoon with my grandmother in a nursing home and I didn't go to church. The preacher doesn't go to church. Uh, but I, I just spent some time with her. And I just talked to her. And we talked about her life. And uh, I asked her if she was ready to go to heaven. Because she had not been doing well recently. And she said she was ready. She was ready to go be with the Lord. And I'm grateful for that time. Because just a few days later she had a stroke. And she never really recovered from it. And so I'm not grateful that she's gone, but I'm grateful that death is not the end. Amen? 
grateful that there's a heaven because of the blood of Jesus. So, but I, I miss being with you guys, and I'm, and I'm really glad to be back. I'm really happy to be back in this series, The Year of Wisdom. How many of you need wisdom in 2017? Okay, well, I have another question for you, and that question is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you have an important decision to make and you don't know what the answer is and nobody can give you the answer? Your parents can't tell you what to do in this situation. Your pastors don't know what to tell you. Your friends don't have any advice. What do you do when you don't know what to do? I was in this situation several years ago and uh, I had been dating this girl for a couple of years, and we both felt like we were supposed to get married. And we had prayed about it, and we really felt like we had found the one. But timing is so important. Timing is everything. So God, when do you want us to get married? Um, I, I did not want to mess this up. I did not want to get it wrong, and I was young. At, when I was praying about this, I was only 19 years old. So I knew that we were both young, and I, I knew that I needed the wisdom of God. And I needed, I wanted a word from the Lord. I, and I was asking for God to give me specific direction. So this was a situation, what, what do you do when you don't know what to do? I did not know what to do. Now, like I said, we were young, and then, then her, there were her parents. Her parents were very godly people, are very godly people, they do things the right way every single time. I knew that if I went to them and I, and, and I said, can I marry your daughter? And if, if something was just a little bit off or the timing wasn't right, I knew they were gonna say, no, you cannot marry my daughter. And I'd be like, okay, what do I do now? <clears throat> so I, I just started praying. And at this time in my life, I had been learning a lot about faith. I'd been studying scriptures about faith. I'd been learning a lot about the fact that, that God can speak to you. And I, that was something very new to me. It was a new concept. People were telling me, God can speak to you. He can give you clear direction, specific direction. That's exactly what I needed. So childlike faith, in a way. I, I, was, I was a child, you know, 19 years old. It seems like I was a child now. It's a young man. Uh, and so i just praying very specific prayers. Lord, Lord I want to know when. I'm supposed to get married. I want to know exactly when, and I'm not going to do anything without your permission, God. So I remember, it was about December 1st. I'd been praying hard, and I felt like that God gave me a, a specific answer. And it was very, very clear. There was no confusion within me whatsoever. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, Kevin, you're going to get engaged in June and you're going to be in Mexico when it happens. So it's very specific and very clear. And I'm not talking about an audible voice. I did not hear an audible voice, but just within my heart, just the Holy Spirit in me, I felt very, very clear direction. And I knew, I just knew it wasn't for me. I couldn't make that up. I had no plans to go to Mexico. I had no plans of June. I mean, where did that come from? But I felt like that's what God was saying to me. So, kept praying about it, talked to some people about it. 
they, they, they seem to say, okay, I, yeah, I, I think this could be a God thing for you. So then came the time to talk to her parents. I was so intimidated. Like I said, very godly people, very successful people. They do things the right way. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? I can't ask to meet with them at her house because what if she comes home and like, why are you meeting with my parents, you know? Uh, so I'm thinking, what are we going to do? Where are we going to meet? And I hope they don't ask me to meet at her dad's office because that would be like, that's his, he has home field advantage in, the, in his office. And it's like all of his accomplishments and he owns his own business. So and so I'm thinking, okay, well, we'll come up with something. So I call them up, talk to her mom. I was wondering if I could meet with you and your husband alone. Uh, okay. She was very nervous. I was very nervous. And could you please not mention this to your daughter at all? I just private meeting, just the three of us. She said, yes. How about we meet at his office? Okay. Of course. I knew it. So, so we <clears throat> set a date and, and I meet with them at his office and I, I sat down and I'm, my hands are shaking, my voice is quivering and I ask the question, or actually I started off with, well, I'm sure you're wondering why I'm here. And her dad goes, no, not really. I'm like, oh, he already knows. They know everything. Okay, let's just get through this. Can I please marry your daughter, you know? And I just put it all out there. I, I believe that the time is right. I believe that we're supposed to be together, and I believe God's given me direction that we're supposed to get engaged in June. Can I have your permission? You know what? They were so gracious and so loving. And like I said, if one thing, if they had gotten any hesitation, any sense that this was the wrong timing, they would have just cut this off so fast. But they said, yes, you can marry our daughter. You have our blessing. And it was like, okay, total like burden just fell off of me. So then comes, I have to get the ring. And that was a whole miracle in itself. I don't have time to tell you, but I got the ring and then... Mexico. What? How is this going to happen? Like, I had no plans to go to Mexico. Uh, I had been on a trip to Mexico the, the summer before that. I'd been one of the leaders on a trip, uh, but Christina wasn't with me. And um, so I, I'm just like, okay, how's this going to happen? I didn't want to force it to happen because I felt like, hey, if this is really God, let, let God make it happen. So I didn't ask around, hey, can I can I go to Mexico with you guys this year? But my church was doing a mission trip, but they were doing like four or five mission trips that summer. All these teams were going overseas and doing missions. But the missions director approached me and he said, we've got all these trips, but I would really like for you to be a leader on the Mexico trip. I'm like, okay. And he goes, and I think Christina would be a great co-leader for you. You and Christina could be co-leaders on this mission trip to Mexico. I said, when are you going? He said, June. I said, yes, we're in. And so we go to Mexico. Well, actually, before we left, I went to the missions director. He was going with us. He was the, the leader of the whole trip, responsible for it all. And I said, this is unusual for a mission trip, but could we get one day off on this mission trip? Because usually you just go, 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 and... You just, you know, you're reaching people and you're so focused on it. And, um, and he, I said, I want to propose to Christina 
on, on a, and if you could give me a day off and if you could go with the team and do all the work that we should be doing, could, could you do this? He said, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so everything just worked perfectly. It was awesome. I mean, I couldn't have planned it this way. It was, it was God. He just brought it all together. And we, we went down the beach, and uh, it's the most beautiful beach you've ever seen in your life. We climbed up on these huge rocks, and this place where the, the waves came splashing in on the rocks, and they would spray up so high, it was like fireworks. And we had seafood, and we got to lay in these hammocks on the beach, and we got to go snorkeling and by this island, and it was these amazing fluorescent fish everywhere, and it, it was incredible. I couldn't have planned it. God planned it, really. And she said yes. And we've been married for 16 years. So it's, it, it was so awesome. But I want, I want you to know this, okay? God does not speak to me like this all the time. And I, I, I was so blessed at the time. And it doesn't happen that way all the time. And it's not like Kevin is like a super spiritual guy and he always gets that clear of specific direction. But I, I, I needed it. I wanted it. I, was, I had childlike faith. And God gave it to me. And I'm so glad because I, I couldn't have done it. He did it. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You ask God to speak to you. And you ask God for specific and clear direction. Now, have there been times in my life where I've asked for direction and it, and it didn't happen as perfectly as that happened? Yes, there's been lots of times. There's been lots of times where I've waited and waited and waited for an answer and, and it didn't come in my time or it, it wasn't as clear and it was like, I think this is what God is leading me to do, but I'm only like 60% sure. And, but God does want to speak to us. He does. And so we have to, we have to believe that. that. That is so important. God wants to speak to us. A lot of people don't believe that, but I'm telling you, when you read this Bible, God is trying to speak to his people. He's trying to give wisdom to us. Now, when I read the New Testament, I see this over and over and over. Do I believe that it was just for the apostles, just for the disciples? No. It happened to so many people. Do I believe that it's gone away and like God doesn't speak to us anymore? Like he just totally shut that down? No. That's not what I see from scripture. So we need wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Sometimes you need wisdom and it, and it goes beyond wisdom from a book. It goes beyond wisdom from something that somebody can teach you. Sometimes you just need a word from God and he can give it to you. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give you a specific direction. His sheep know his voice. His sheep hear his voice. They recognize it. They know it because he is the good shepherd. Now, like I said, it's not always an audible voice. In fact, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I heard Pastor Fred a couple weeks ago share on Sunday. He's never heard the audible voice of God, but he's been led by God so many times. The Holy Spirit has spoken to him very clear direction. If you want more information, like how do I be, how can I be led by the Spirit of God? I really encourage you to check out the podcasts from the recent Sunday services, the series What If, Northwood Church here. They have been phenomenal. Pastor Fred telling his story, 
how many times he's, he's had that specific direction, being led by God, you've gotta check that out. Um, when God saves us, he puts his spirit inside of us. And so the Holy Spirit can and will communicate with us. And he wants to do that. This happened to Peter when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, who does the world say that I am? And they said, well, some people say that you're Elijah. Some people that you're John the Baptist and you're back from the dead. And a lot of people say different things. And Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? Peter steps up and he says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, Peter, you are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. I'm telling you, there is only so much wisdom that flesh and blood can give to us, that other people can teach us. People can teach us a lot. Your, your, your parents, your pastors, your mentors, they can teach you a lot of wisdom, but at the end of the day, they are flesh and blood, and we need more than that, we need our Heavenly Father revealing mysteries to us, just like what happened with Peter. Now, I want to show you some scriptures here. John chapter 16, Jesus is telling his disciples, he, he's introducing them to the idea that he is going to send his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about how, how it's going to happen. So, uh, John chapter 16, starting in verse 7. Jesus said, and you can follow in your Bible, you can look at the screen. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So this is big news because Jesus is saying, it's actually better if I go away. Because I'm going to send you the helper with a capital H. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> it was so awesome for Jesus to be there and all, the, all that he did, all that he preached and all of his miracles and everything he did. But he's saying it's actually to your benefit, to your advantage if I go away. Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And he's going to reside in all of you. And he's going to be your helper. I love the language that he uses there. He calls the Holy Spirit our helper. That's what he is. Skip down to verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Again, Look at the, the language that he uses to you, that, that he uses here. Declare. That the Holy Spirit is going to declare things to us. He's going to hear from the Father. He's going to declare things to us. He's going to be a guide to us, guide us into all truth. He's going to speak to us. This is the language that Jesus uses when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's going to be our guide. He's going to speak to us. He's going to lead us. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to you very specific things. When you read the book of Acts, you see the apostles being led by the Holy Spirit in very specific ways. 
that sometimes it will say the Holy Spirit warned them to get out of the city, that, that people were coming to harm them. So the Holy Spirit warned them to get out. Other times they were traveling and it would say the Holy Spirit forbid them to go to a certain city. Or the Holy Spirit spoke to them to go to a certain place. There were, there were times where Peter had a, a vision of somebody coming to him and somebody, somebody saying, please come to us. Please come and, and, and speak to us. Travel here. And Peter did it. And he followed that direction. And, he, uh, and, and God brought good news to the Gentiles for the very first time. So there, when you read the book of Acts, there is so much specific and very clear direction. The Holy Spirit speaking to Ananias. Ananias, there's a man named Saul. He's blind. I've been speaking to him. I'm going to show him how I'm going to use him. I'm going to show him how he's going to suffer and bring glory to my name. Uh, Lord, he, he's been persecuting lots of Christians. No, it's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. You're, he's going to come to you. Baptize him. And if that hadn't happened, what if Ananias had said, no, that's just too dangerous. Then Saul wouldn't have become the Apostle Paul. He wouldn't have written two-thirds the New Testament. I want you guys to know God wants to speak to you. He's not a bad father that wants to keep things hidden from you, keep things secret from you. He, he doesn't want you to wander around in the dark. I have, I have kids, I have little girls, I have a three-year-old and she sleeps in the other room, but every single night she wakes up in the middle of the night and and if it's, it's dark in there, and she's always crying. And sometimes she tries to get up, and she's like half asleep, and she's like wandering. What do I do? Do I just think, like, eh, she'll figure it out. I get up, and, and I go in there, and I pick her up. And I'm like, it's all right, you know. You want to come into our bed? Okay. And I bring her in. That's what a good father, I'm just an earthly father, but God is a heavenly father. He doesn't want to leave us stumbling around in the dark. Amen? So... He wants to reveal things to you, just like he revealed things to Peter. Uh, sometimes <clears throat> he's speaking to us and we don't hear him. This happens to us. Sometimes the noise in our life is so loud, God is not going to speak above all of that noise. But he is speaking and sometimes we just miss it. Sometimes we're not listening and we're like, man, God... You know, why isn't God speaking to me? Well, how much time have we been giving him? How much have we been really listening? And how much are we tuning out the world? And how much are we tuning into him? Because he may be speaking and he, 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 we may be missing it. I'll tell you a story of how I, how I missed it one time. Um, me and my buddy Matt Gilbert were, uh, he, Matt had this uh, speeding ticket that he got in Orangeburg. And uh, he's like, I got to go to court in Orangeburg, and I got to work this ticket out. And so I said, well, I'll go with you because there's a disc golf course in Orangeburg. I heard it's a pretty good disc golf course. We'll make a little road trip. We'll play disc golf. You can pay your ticket and do all that. So we did that, and it was great. And we're coming back, and we're between Orangeburg and Somerville, and we're on the interstate, I-26, and it starts to rain. And it's like sprinkling and this uh, big semi-truck 
passes us. And Matt is kind of like a slow driver, careful driver. He's in the right lane. But this semi-truck passes. It has this big silver tank on the back of it, and it says milk. And I just kind of make this joke. I'm like, you know you're going slow when you get passed by the milk truck. And uh, he's like, yeah, whatever, you know. And this thought occurred to me, and I just kind of, you know, I'm joking with Matt, and I go, you know what? I wouldn't want anybody to get hurt or anything, but wouldn't it be kind of cool if something were to happen like the, the milk truck, you know, flipped over and the tank busted and, and milk just went everywhere? Like, wouldn't that be crazy? And he kind of looks at me with this weird look, and he's like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Probably bust out some cookies and have a good time, you know. And uh, <clears throat> He's always thinking about food. Um, he's not here tonight, so I can say that. And then it starts to pour down rain, just like it was the other day, that monsoon that we had. It pours down rain, and you could hardly see the interstate. And now he's going really slow. And you know how everybody's like bumper to bumper, even though they're going like 60, 70 miles an hour. I hate that. But bumper to bumper. And then because of this hard rain, people start hitting their brakes. And everybody's just hitting their brakes that milk truck is up there. It hits its brakes really hard. The truck, the trailer on the back, jackknifes, which means it turns sideways when the truck is actually still going straight, the front cab, but the trailer starts to go sideways. It rolls over on its side, and the tank busted, and milk went everywhere. Like a river of 2% milk splashing all over the interstate, all over people's cars, all over the ditches on both sides. This is a true story, okay? I'm telling you, as God is my witness, this happened to us. Matt looks over me. I look over him. I said, is that? He said, yes. I said, are you kidding me? We pulled over. We ran over there. We're like right there. We ran over there. Everybody stopped. And, and we run over to the truck. The truck is, the cab flipped over too. It's on its side. It's all busted up. We get there and the driver is, is kicking the windshield and he kicks it all the way out and then he climbs out and he's okay. He has like this small cut on his ear and we're like, we're the first ones there. Like, are you okay? Are you, are you, you know, trying to figure out if he has a concussion. We called the ambulance. It came pretty quickly it was there. It checked him out. He was fine. And uh, so we're like, okay. We walked back to the car. I walked by the, the tank. I had to see it for myself. It was split open. There was still milk pouring out of it. I had to. I cupped my hands. I got a handful of milk. It was ice cold. I took a drink. Tasted wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> there was no cookies, unfortunately. No cookies in the car or anything. But, but milk was everywhere. And Matt, he's like, you're a demon, man. How did, you're a demon. You said that was going to happen, and it happened. I said, I'm not a demon. I'm not a demon. I didn't make that happen. I didn't cause that to happen. And I, when I took a drink of it, he's like, you just drank of your own sin, man. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't sin. I did not sin. <clears throat> and we went home, and we were just like, our faces were pale white, and we, we didn't know what to think of it, but... After, after kind of processing this for a long time, I think I figured out what happened. And, 
And uh, I think that God was trying to warn me that this truck was going to flip over and that we should be cautious and we should stay away from it. I really believe the Holy Spirit was trying to say, watch out, because there's an accident that's gonna happen. Get away from it. And spiritual Kevin just totally misses it and misinterprets it completely and just passes it off as a joke. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if the milk truck flipped over and the milk went everywhere? And I missed it. And I believe that God was trying to say it, but I just wasn't quite tuned in. And I found this scripture, and when I, I believe God led me to the scripture, and, and it kind of made things clear to me. And so I want, I want you to, to check it out. And it's in John chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 27. Jesus says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And listen to what happens. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there heard it and said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Now look at me for a second. They thought the voice of God was thunder. Or maybe an angel had spoken to him. God spoke to him clearly, but they missed it. Was that thunder? Was that an angel speaking? I didn't, I didn't quite get it. And you might say, well, it wasn't for them. That, that was for Jesus. Absolutely not. Because in the next verse, Jesus says, he answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Jesus said the voice wasn't for him. He said it's for you guys. That voice was for your sake, but they missed it. Some people thought, oh, it's just thunder. Uh, maybe it's an angel speaking or an angel stirring around or doing something. It's exactly what I think happened in that milk truck incident is that God was trying to speak something to me, and I just, I just thought it was a joke. I just thought it was a, a random idea that popped into my head, but it wasn't random. It was specific direction that God was trying to give to me. So if, we're, if we aren't careful, God may be speaking to us, but we're not quite tuned in. We're not quite listening. We're not quite paying attention. And he may be speaking, and we may be missing it altogether or, or misinterpreting it. And a lot of times we may feel like God's given us a little bit of direction, but we may miss the timing. We have to pay attention to the timing as well. And a lot of times, you know, we feel led to do something and we want to go and do it right now, but it may not be the right time for it. You've got to pay close attention and, and really be tuned in to the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about that. How can we do that? How can we better, how can we be better listeners? How can we be better uh, at tuning in to the Spirit of God so that we don't miss it? Here's a couple of ways we can do this. We can be humble. This is so simple, but it's so biblically sound and so biblically important. Humble yourself. Stay humble. James chapter four, verse six. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If you want God to speak to you, what you're asking for is his grace, which is basically his help, his, his ability, his ability to give you direction, 
That's what God's grace is. It's, it's God's help to do what, what we can't do in our own ability. So if we want God's grace, humble ourselves. Do we think that we have all the answers? Do we think that we don't need God? We would never say that. We would never say, God, I don't need you. But a lot of times we don't have to say it. Our actions say it. And how much we neglect spending time with God. When we neglect spending time with God, our actions are saying, I don't really need you. I'm good. You're great. I'm grateful for you. I love you. Glad you have a plan for my life. I believe in you. But I don't really need to spend that much time with you. I'm good. If we think that we have all the answers, then God is not going to give us his answers. So we've got to humble ourselves. We humble ourselves we will tune in to the Holy Spirit. Here's another way that we can tune in, by seeking him. Not just his voice, listen to me, not just his direction, not just the answers that we're looking for, but seeking him. Pursuing our relationship with him, loving him, knowing him, talking with him, listening to him. And a lot of times we want the answer. We want a solution. Hey, God, I asked you a question. I I need an answer for this. And I think God is sometimes saying, yeah, but what about our relationship? What about just spending time together? When we seek him, all that, it flows. All that happens. You know Jeremiah 29, 11. You probably have heard this verse. It's probably on a, 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 maybe a journal that you have or Maybe when you graduated high school, somebody gave you a note, Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. It's an awesome verse. A lot of times we just quote verse 11. We forget about verses 12 and 13, but they're really, really powerful. I want you to read this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But check out verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This is a key to our relationship with God is all of our heart. Like, does God have all of our heart? Are we seeking him with all of our heart? This is, Jesus mentioned this same type of wording When he's talking about the greatest commandment, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. So, Kevin, am I I seeking the Lord with all my heart? Kevin, am am I loving the Lord with all my heart and my mind and my soul? Because that's where I need to be. That's the place that I need to be. If I'm gonna hear from God, not just, I'm not just seeking his voice. I'm not just seeking his direction. I'm not just seeking answers. I'm seeking him. Amen? We will get to know his voice the more time that we spend with him. Time spent equals relationship built. This is how it works in human relationships. This is how it works in our relationship with God. Time spent equals relationship built. So when we spend time with him, we're we're his sheep. He's our, he's our good shepherd. We're supposed to know his voice and hear his voice. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. 
So therefore, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. If we're sons and daughters, we gotta be led by his Spirit. And it happens the more time we spend with him. God will often spend time, uh, God will often speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through scripture. He will give you specific direction a lot of times, but a lot of times it, it comes through his word. So how much time are, are, are we spending in his word? How much time are we spending in prayer? How much time are we spending listening? When you pray, do you do all the talking? You know, it's almost like talking on the phone like, hey mom, uh, I want to tell you this and this and this and this happened, this happened, okay, bye. And we don't do any listening. Then the relationship is kind of one-sided, isn't it? Well, a lot of times our relationship with God can be like that. And we need to, we can say what we need to say, but then it's time to listen. And it's time just to chill out and just be patient and wait on the Lord. That's what the Bible says, right? Wait on the Lord. Now, I want to tell you this. A lot of times, like the milk truck, God may be speaking to us, but we might miss it. Don't do anything that's not in his word. Because I know a lot of Christians who felt like God was calling them to do something, and it would just, it didn't seem right. It didn't look right, it didn't feel right. And if God is, if he's not, if it lines up with his word, you can do it. If it doesn't line up with scripture, don't do it. Here's another piece of wisdom. If you feel like God is leading you to do something, and there's some godly, trustworthy people in your life, mature people who have gone through more of life than you have, and you run this by them, you bounce things off them, hey, I'm feeling like God is saying this to me. I feel like God's leading me to do this. And if they just say, I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't, that doesn't bear witness with me. I don't, I don't, I, I, th- that might be you. I don't, I don't know if that's God. You know what? Don't do it. Use wisdom. Just put that up on the shelf and save it for later. May, maybe it's not God. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's some bad seafood that you had. And it's like, eh. But if it doesn't line up with his word, don't do it. If it doesn't bear witness, the Bible says, by the mouths of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So be careful. It's not just being led by our emotions like, oh, I think, you know, I think God told me to do this. Sometimes we come up with things, and it's, from, it's totally from our flesh. You know, I think God's leading me to step away from church for a while. I've heard people say this. I think I, I just think right now, like, I'm supposed to chill and just work on my relationship with God. I don't need to be a part of a church. That doesn't line up with God's word. I, don't, I think that's you. I don't think that's the Holy Spirit. I feel like God's given me a peace to move in with my girlfriend. We're not gonna get married right now, but I think we just move in with each other and just, I, I don't think that's God's peace. I think that's your peace. Like, you feel good about it, but I don't think the Holy Spirit feels good about it. So if it doesn't line up with his word, don't do it. All right. Here's, the, here's one key way that we can tune in to God and we can hear his voice is through obedience. When we obey God, God operates on the principle of faithfulness. Faithfulness. So if God leads us to do something and we don't do it, then we weren't faithful with what he gave us. So why is he going to give us more? 
Why is God gonna keep pouring wisdom into you and keep giving you specific direction if you haven't done anything with what he's already told you to do? He operates on the principle of faithfulness. So if you haven't been faithful with what he's already told you to do, why would he give you more? Think about what is the last thing that God told you to do? What's the last thing that you felt led by the Holy Spirit to do? Did you do it? If you didn't do it, maybe it's not too late and you can go back and you can do it. Maybe it is too late and you just need to go to God and say, God, I repent because you told me to do something and I disobeyed. I didn't do it. And so I repent of that and I need a clean slate here and God can give that to you. But obedience, faithfulness, is how we can tune in to God. God honors those that honor him. So when we obey, we do what God's leading us to do. And, and this is what God's leading us to do. Like, I, I don't know what God's telling me to do. This is what God's leading you to do. I mean, uh, love him. Spend time with him. Love people. Do what is right. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Forgive people. It's here. It's all in here. So, but if you're not doing it, don't expect for God to be giving you this crystal clear direction that you're, that you're wanting. Think about the, the guy that, that came to Jesus. The Bible kind of refers to him as the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus. This guy's got his act together. And he's like, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you need to keep the commandments. And he's like, I already got that box checked. I've been keeping the commandments even since I was a young man. Jesus just looked at him. He's, okay, there's one thing that you lack. This guy was a rich guy. So he goes, I want you to go take all the things that you have, all the possessions, sell it. Sell it all. Take the money, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. This guy walks away from Jesus with his head held low because the Bible said he had many possessions. He was very rich and he walked away from Jesus. So just imagine the wisdom that this guy could have got from Jesus if he had just stuck it out, if he had stuck around, if he obeyed, sold everything, gave it to the poor, and he, and he, goes, every, <clears throat> he goes all in and he follows Jesus. Just imagine what, what else would have God spoke to him? What other things? Man, it's like, it's like the 12 disciples. How much did they learn from Jesus? So much. Apostle John said, if all the things we've seen, all the things that Jesus did, if, we, if they were written down, there aren't enough books in the world to contain all the things that he did. The rich young ruler could have been a part of that. He could have got wisdom after wisdom from God if he had obeyed. And so we gotta check our hearts. And we gotta say, am I that rich young ruler? Am I that way? Is there any area of my life that God's been leading me to hand over to him, but I've been selfishly holding on to it? If I've been giving God 99%, but if I've been holding on to that 1% and saying, no, I can't let go of this, that's disobedience. 
Jesus isn't the Lord of our lives. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And so 100%, everything. What is the one area that God has been leading you to give up to him, to surrender and just give it to him totally? Do it. And you're gonna start hearing clear direction from God. What would have happened if Peter and Andrew and James and John, what would have happened if they didn't leave their fishing boats? And they're like, eh, can't really do it. Going to stick with this. What would have happened? Well, just imagine all the things they would have missed out on. I don't want to miss out, do you? I don't want to miss out on any of that. I want to obey God so that I can be with him the next day and the next day. And I can keep hearing from him. And I can keep being led by him. And I can keep getting into new and better adventures as we go on. What would have happened if... Noah decided he didn't really want to spend 100 years building a boat. That's, uh, that's a big commitment. That's, that's asking a bit much. What would have happened to him? Well, we probably wouldn't be here, would we? That's the only way we survived is through Noah. He wouldn't have made it. Maybe God would have raised somebody else. What if Moses had decided he couldn't go and stand before Pharaoh? Just couldn't do it. What would have happened? What would happen if you disobeyed God? That's something to think about, but here's something else. What will happen if you do obey God? Who is attached to your obedience? How many people are you going to affect? How many people are you going to impact through your obedience to God? You guys are called to be world changers. You guys are called to make a difference in this world, to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, a city set on top of a hill, a light that is not under a basket, but is exposed and shines brightly. That's what you're called to be. So let's obey God. Let's let 2017 be the year of wisdom. Let's let 2017 be the year where not only do we hear the voice of God, but we obey him and we step out and we go for it. No matter how scared we are, when you're walking on campus and you see that person and they're in tears and you're just kind of walking by and you just feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit, go talk to them, go listen to them, go encourage them. (sighs) What am I gonna say? Step out, do it. God's gonna give you the words to say. Sometimes you don't even have them and you just gotta put an arm around somebody and say, God hasn't forgotten about you. God loves you. Sometimes you just pray for them. You don't know what advice to give them, but that's enough. But step out. Somebody is like, yeah, I know we're supposed to tithe, but that's a tough one. Step out. It's biblical. Do it. Obey God. See what happens. There's people There's souls attached to your obedience. Let 2017 be the year that we hear and obey. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Father God, I thank you that you are a God that wants to speak to us. A God that wants to be clear. A God that wants to get us into adventures. 
And there's so much more. There's more and more and more. Let us not have hearts like that rich young ruler that walked away from you. Let us not be the ones that shake our heads and say, I can't do it. I can't give away that last 1%. Let that not be us, Jesus. We want to be the ones that give it all. We want to be the ones that drop our nets and, and walk away from our boats, walk away from everything to take up our cross and follow you. We want to be the ones to hear your voice. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. And God, we respond to you tonight with childlike faith. You're a good father to us. We believe that you want to speak to us and we're asking. We humble ourselves right now and we ask you, speak to us, Lord. We will obey. Speak and we will obey.